if you do any prospecting with LinkedIn, you have got to go get set up with Surf. That's S-U-R-F-E. It's a tool you can use to add new contacts to your CRM system directly from LinkedIn in seconds. I'm using it every single day. I add contacts, follow my deals, keep track of notes, and it ends up saving me a bunch of time on prospecting and outreach, which means I can spend more time moving my deals along. The data is always 100% accurate since I don't have to copy and paste all the fields over from each and every contact that I want to put in my CRM. Instead, Surf does that all automatically with just one click in about 60 seconds. The team over at Surf has put together a very special offer for fans of sales players. There's a link down in the show notes and you can use the promo code JWSURF5. Don't forget the E at the end of Surf. That's JWSURF5 for 5% off your first year. Don't spend another minute doing things manually. Go get set up with Surf. This episode is sponsored by Apollo, a tool that's helping me to open doors and close deals faster. Wanted to share it with you. Apollo is a complete end-to-end sales platform, letting you email, dial, connect on social, build plays, and schedule meetings. With conversational intelligence, transcribing my calls lately, and reminding me to act on my next steps to drive deals across the finish line, it's been a lifesaver. It's no wonder Apollo is the most loved sales tool on the planet. Thousands of users rank Apollo as a top tool on G2. Start today completely free and see how Jesse and I use Apollo. Sign up in the show notes below or at thesalesplayers.com forward slash Apollo. That's thesalesplayers.com forward slash A-P-O-L-L-O to start your free trial. My guest today is Rafael Figueroa. Now he goes by Rafa and he's the CEO of a multi-channel outbound platform called Overloop. What's great about Rafa is he and I go way back. In fact, I've known him for well over a decade and we're only recently getting reconnected. He has an amazing background. He started his career as a personal banker and he's now the CEO of a SaaS company. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the mindset, habits, and other practices that he implemented in order to make that transition in his career. He comes from a customer success background, so he has some really unique insights into customer-led growth. He also shares his thoughts around the sales engagement industry and how Overloop is helping teams accelerate their sales process and win more deals. In fact, he was kind enough to put together a special offer for fans of the SaaS Sales Players podcast, and you can sign up for a trial at get.overloop.com SSP. That link again is get.overloop.com slash SSP. I'm going to put that in the show notes also. Anyway, this was a fantastic conversation. It was really great to catch up with Rafa and hear his insights on the industry. He's also quite the connoisseur of tacos. He introduced me to the best taco that I've ever eaten in my entire life. So with all of that said, welcome Rafa to the SaaS Sales Players Podcast. All right, we are live. Rafa, and you go by Rafa now, right? Or is it Raf? Yes, no, I go by Rafa most of the time. So that's perfect. Well, Rafa, welcome to the SaaS Sales Players. I want to actually preface this episode by saying we've known each other for a really long time. I think we met back in 2008. Is that right? Yes, I think that seems that seems right. It's been a long time. And also it was a long time that we haven't spoken to each other. But if it was, yeah. it was like... We know uh, we spoke yesterday. We can connect quite easily, right? That's what's so funny is I've been making, I've been reconnecting with some people that I've either worked with 
five, 10 years ago. And it feels like nothing's changed. It feels like, like we just spoke yesterday and I won't go into all the details, but, uh, you and I met in, uh, a small town outside of Mexico city, which is, uh, you know, it was a a lot of fun, uh, at the time you kind of showed me around some of the, the parts of, of Mexico that were just absolutely amazing. And I'll, I'll say it on the air here to this day, the best taco that I've ever had you introduced me to at Taquitos Yatepec. Uh, I've gone back uh, a few years ago. I went back and ate those tacos and it is literally the best taco on planet earth. Hands down. Come fight me yeah. about it. And it's still open. That's the good news about it. It's still open. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Cause I wasn't sure, you know, post pandemic if, if they were still serving up those tacos al pastor, but it, it is some of the best food in the world down there. And uh, man, I need to get back down there sometime. Yeah, you should definitely, definitely. Uh, and then also a uh, good time to visit uh, Mexico in general, I think right now, good weather. And then also Mexico City, of course, always a, a fun place to be in, a lot of culture, a lot of fun. So always a good place to visit. Yeah. Um, just real quick tangent, then we're going to jump into your backstory, but back to yeah. kind of on the, the topic of Mexico. Uh, over the last year, uh, actually more than the last year, about the last 18 months, I've been working really closely with a bunch of brands down in Latin America, Mexico, Colombia, uh, Peru, and Chile. And it's been really exciting to see the growth of not just B2B, but B2C brands also. There's a huge uh, you know, movement in, in put, putting capital down in LATAM. Mm-hmm. And some of the businesses are just super innovative. Uh, and if you haven't heard about companies like Rappi and, uh, you know, I could name off probably dozens of them, but there is just some, some people down there doing some really cool stuff. And it's really exciting to see the, the, the growth of technology down there and, and some of the innovation that's taking place down there. That's honestly just incredibly impressive and, and should be a model for some of the companies here in the United States, uh, should look to LATAM and see some of the things they're doing. And I know you come from there. Um, I know you're in Europe now, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a, kind of plug to the the startup scene out in LATAM. That's that's a very interesting point indeed. I think for B2B companies that serve B2C companies, LATAM is such an interesting market because finally you're seeing that transformation towards digitalization. You're seeing that transformation towards uh, people being comfortable with using software for small business, mid-market business. And then, of course, the large corporations that have been present in Latin America for a long time and now are trying to reach or transform uh, to, 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 to digital processes. I think for B2B companies that sell that B2C software uh, to their customers, it's just, it's just the time to get in right now. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your origin story. How did you get started? And then... I know you you at some point transitioned into tech, uh, but that was possibly after doing some other things. But just give us kind of the the run of your career. Sure. Uh, so my background is mainly in financial services. I work for banking. I work in banking for about ten years, almost ten years, and uh, that was during the time of the transformation of banking industry in the U.S. Right. That was the time that. You start seeing that uh, digital transformation at the same time, uh, you start seeing online banking becoming quite popular in the U.S. That took a long time, I have to say. If you compare it to other markets like Europe, in the U.S., uh, that transformation was a little bit slower. But I had the opportunity to leave Thread, see how it happened. And then uh, during that time, uh, I was working as a banker in San Francisco, which was the epicenter at that point of uh, the SaaS and the software world in general. 
And uh, many of my clients actually were SaaS companies that now are big players and uh, and, uh, and 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 quite uh, quite large companies. But at that time, this was just starting, uh, and it was a very interesting time to be a banker there because many of my clients uh, would invite me over to their offices. I would have an opportunity to see how different the culture was. Right, I would arrive in my suit and my tie and have a very formal conversation and realize that they were working a very different way and they were building relationships in a very different way from us. Um, so that was quite a cultural shock, you could call it that way. Um, and then that sparked my interest, I would say, in, 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 in that world. Later down the road, uh, with the digital transformation of banking, I realized that fintech was a, a category and uh, I was yeah. very interested in it. And um, I landed my first job uh, in, in Belgium, uh, in Brussels, uh, working for a fintech company as a customer success manager. And that was a very small startup. Uh, we were 40 people at the time that I got started. When I left, almost 400 people and, uh, and a part of a very large corporation uh, that offers uh, all kind of uh, work services and financial services. So... It was a, a very interesting experience for me to see that. And uh, I really got to experience the culture, uh, the growth, the impact that you can have on a startup or scale-up, which is tremendous. And coming from the corporate world, that was a big difference for me. And it was uh, very exciting for me to see. Uh, of course, after that, I had the opportunity to land my first job as an executive in customer success, uh, work with two companies uh, in the visitor management industry, and then also uh, on the customer engagement uh, segment. And that was also very interesting uh, to do. And then finally, that took me to finding the right product and the right company that was looking for a full transformation towards customer centricity. Uh, and that was an opportunity to not just work on customer experience and customer success, but also transform the product towards being a more customer-centric product and transform uh, the sales methodology behind it. And um, uh, I took the challenge and that was overlooked for me. And uh, that was my first role uh, in a C-level position and jumping right into a CEO role, which was quite nerve wracking at the beginning, but also very exciting. And uh, so far, so good, very exciting, still learning a lot, but uh, I think it was the right company and the right time. So uh, it was a very opportunistic move, but I'm very happy with that, uh, with that uh, change. Well, I have a lot of confidence uh, that Overloop is, I mean, it, it it seems like it's already a great brand, but I think that uh, we're going to see it as as a household name in, in B2B. And I, I think uh, it's cool to hear that that you took, you know, an ambitious role. So there's a lot to unpack here because what I just heard is you went from personal banker to CEO of a tech company over what, 10 years or so, roughly? Um, I'm sure there was a lot of learnings along the way. Tell us about some of the things that maybe earlier in the, the first half of your career uh, helped prepare you for taking the role that you're in now at Overloop. Yeah, I think that one of the similarities between banking and uh, the SaaS industry is that it's all about building relationships, right? And that that's both towards your customers, your prospects, but also internally, and uh, I found that a lot of the skills that I learned uh, with dealing with people uh, in topics that are very, very personal, like money, 
really prepares you to be able to talk to people about the problems that they are finding in their organizations or uh, in their daily uh, work processes. And therefore, I was able to translate a lot of those skills over from my banking experience into the software industry. And I found that there's a lot of value on that because if you think about it, technology is a big part of what we do. Innovation is a big part of what we do. But if you don't have the right people behind the best product, um, it's really not going to work. I think it's a 50-50% game in our industry. You need to have a very, very solid product that really addresses a problem uh, that people are looking for a solution, but at the same time, you really need to have the right people behind it. And um, and I think a lot of the learnings that I was able to bring with me from banking helped me to, 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 to understand how to build relationships and how to do that in a way that uh, people feel confident about talking to me about their problems and talking to them about solutions, uh, which of course uh, are, are the different products that, that uh, myself and your audience uh, are selling and talking about every day. I, I love that because that that's been not only what I've built my whole career on is my ability to develop and nurture relationships. But when I look at some of the top performing sales reps, the top performing leaders that I've worked with, that is what was what I've found to be a common denominator is they're very good at creating, you know, a personalized relationship. They add a lot of value, but it's not in a way that's, that's, corny or cliche. It's in a way that's very genuine and there's a real care deep down to help and solve problems. And so I love to hear that that's exactly how you sort of transform from personal banker to executive, uh, you know, executive leader of a SaaS company. And that that's at the kind of center of that transformation is your ability to, to build that network and those relationships and really solve problems in a, a deep and meaningful way. Tell us a, a little bit about um, sort of learning the art of, of selling, because I know you came from a customer success background, and I want to dig into maybe some of even some of the recent learnings that you've had around direct selling, B2B outbound selling, and how you've been able to kind of close some of the gaps in in that skill set in kind of more recent years. That's a, that's a very good topic uh, to talk about because I've always said it uh, as a VP of customer success. I, I, I think that this was one of my uh, main uh, objectives. It was uh, nurturing and building a very good relationship with our sales teams. So I think that the best partnership that you can have in any SaaS company is definitely sales and customer success. If that works, you're going to have a very, very good uh, you're going to have very good results on both the acquisition side and the retention side. And we know that nowadays that's extremely important uh, for the bottom line of any SaaS company. Uh, so all the learnings that I had as a customer success uh, executive really came from great sales leaders and seeing how they do their work on a daily basis and having the opportunity to talk to account executives. And we wouldn't agree 100% of the time, right? That I think is a classic problem out there. Customer success and sales are always put in positions yeah. that are very, very uh, opposite sides of, 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 of the customer journey. Um, but I think that if you can make that work and you can find very good ways to collaborate and put the interests of the customers at the front of everything that you do, I think that that's going to make a tremendous difference, not just uh, in the day-to-day -day relationship of account executives and customer success managers, but also for the bottom line of the company. 
And with that in mind, I think that for me, it was a, a very nerve wracking experience to be a sales leader without having been an account executive uh, beforehand and having that day-to-day uh, uh, -day experience. But again, I had the opportunity to really observe how many sales leaders did it in the past. And, 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 and when I took this job, I made it a priority to go out there, reach out to people on LinkedIn, reach out to uh, some of my past uh, professional uh, uh, um, uh, connections and network and interview them, right? Have the opportunity to ask them questions about how they did it, what worked, what didn't work. And that really helped me to understand um, how really, what, what what's a priority and what's not a priority in, in the sales world and change my mindset quite a little bit. I, I think that it was important for me to come with an open mind and understand that sales is a different game from customer success and, and learn from experts on that side. And that was important. But then the second thing, and I think this is the most impactful mm -hmm. uh, part of it, is I was able to talk to a lot of customers. These are customers that are for the first time implementing an outbound strategy or, or are for the first time uh, creating a, even a sales strategy for their businesses. And um, they use our tool as a platform to help them scale that strategy. And I think that those conversations were very valuable to me, not just to understand how our product solves a problem, but also uh, to learn about the day-to-day -day processes and strategies that really help scale uh, sales teams. And a lot of those learnings, I combined them and I was able to apply them into what we do in Overloop, which used to be um, uh, mainly product-led uh, category uh, company. And now we're making the transition mm -hmm. towards that sales-led category as well, which was a new channel for us. And um, I think that that helped me avoid a lot of mistakes in the in the road, learning from the experts, yeah. learning from our customers. Uh, we were able to save time and probably uh, also avoid some problems down the road. So I think being open to listen and talk to your peers is, is the best advice that I could give to anyone out there because there's people that have done it before and listening to them and listening to their advice is, is going to be valuable one way or the other. That's great advice. I love that you took the initiative to to start reaching out to not just customers, but others who uh, were in sales and sales roles, leadership roles to get their advice. Um, really quickly, I want to drill into something you mentioned, because I maybe a lot of my listeners out there um, have heard this term or these terms before. Uh, or have heard about these models before, but I think they're going to be especially relevant in the industry going forward. And you mentioned PLG or product-led growth versus more of a direct outbound selling selling approach. Um, I'll kind of preface it, but I also want to get your thoughts on where you see the curve going in terms of SaaS companies, right? So, so PLG or product-led growth is where you've got users who land on your website, you know, you're doing lots of top of funnel marketing. There's things like webinars or podcasts or lots of media spent on driving uh, users to your platform. And then maybe they sign up for a trial and convert into a paying customer by putting their credit card into uh, a website. And then they're a subscriber to your SaaS, right? Versus the sort of direct outbound model, which is where you build a product that's likely going to be more geared towards larger enterprise companies or even, you know, mid-market companies. And you've got a sales force of folks that are picking up the phone and calling into the prospects or using LinkedIn or sending cold emails and, and sequences and things like that to, to drive 
you know, larger deal sizes typically in a lot more of a consultative approach. I think I gave it a pretty good preface, but what I want to know from you uh, is having just made that transition, one, is there still going to be some elements of, of Overloop's business that are product led uh, as far as the growth, or are you going to go pretty heavy into kind of the direct selling? Yeah, that's a that's a very good uh, point, I think, because I think that probably many of your listeners and many companies out there are having what I call the crisis identity, right? Where you either used to be a product-led uh, growth company, and then all of a sudden you realize that you've reached that plateau and you need to figure out other ways to grow, uh, that you cannot rely and on customers coming into your free trial and converting on their own. Um, and then the other way around, you had many companies that have been relying on sales-led growth and now are realizing that uh, not 100% of the time, not for all segments, not for all products, that's that's the right way to grow. And um, what that has resulted is in many companies diverting uh, resources from one to the other, either growing their product teams or growing their sales teams. And I think that in my perception, what's key here is really finding the right balance. So mm-hmm. I really believe that you need to segment your prospects as much as you segment your customers. And if your product is really tailored towards the ideal customer profile of an enterprise or a higher mid-market customer, you definitely need to realize that these customers are going to expect that white glove service that comes with having someone to guide them through that process and having someone that is going to give them uh, enough uh, enough uh, trust uh, to be able to make a big decision of transform the organization or switch from a current platform or a current tool to, to yours. And then on the other side, you're going to have those customers that probably are looking to just experience and and to see a tool like this for the first time and are looking for resources, both virtual and in person, uh, to be able to learn where to start and what to do and what kind of value you're going to be able to add to them. So in my opinion, product-led and sales-led are not uh, uh, contradictory. I think that you can find the right Mm -hmm. balance. I think it really depends on what segment of your customer base you're looking to address. And you need to take that into consideration because also at the end of the day, that's going to have an impact on your customer acquisition costs and realizing mm-hmm. that there are certain customers that are going to have a level of value where sales cycles are going to be longer and, and you have to deal with that and, and making that a sales-led approach is, is perfectly okay. And then on yeah. the other side of the coin, you're going to have those customers probably on lower value deals where your product is easy to understand, easy to implement, and then therefore you can rely on your product to convert them. But overall, yeah. I believe on customer-led growth. And that's the CLG part of it, which Ooh. I think is very important. And I think we're realizing that as an industry nowadays, that we really need to ensure that either via the product, via sales, or a combination of both, you're able to nurture your customers in the early stages of the journey, specifically, I think, on the conversion and onboarding of the customer. Uh, to really be able to build a great foundation so they stay with you, they grow with you, and they don't churn within one month or within one year uh, of the first subscription term. So I think that that that's extremely important. And I think that both product and sales play an important role in customer-led growth. Is is that a term you just came up with? Or is that... Because I've never heard that before. I've never heard of CLG before, but I love it. Yeah. I, I know, you know the concept's very easy to understand, but I've never heard it coined that way. 
Is that yours I think, or? or... I, I, no, 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 definitely not. I think that's something, that's a message that all of us customer success people have been driving that message for a long time. Uh, that customer uh, growth is important. But I think that that nowadays you see a lot of people out there that are really talking about it because they realize that the bottom line of the business is not just on acquiring new customers and bringing in new customers, but it's on the value of the customers that you're bringing in, the value that you're providing, and how long they're going to stay with you. So I think that that's, uh, that's the new part of the equation that I think we're realizing it's important and that we are really paying attention to nowadays. Um, you see many influencers and many people out there talking about it. So not mine, definitely. Oh man, I was going to say we need to trademark <laughs> that. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about a transformation that I had a few years ago, which I was, you know, for the for the front half of my career, just focused on the acquisition of new business, just close them and hand them off to someone like yourself, who's on the customer success side, right? And a few years ago, I took a role that was a hybrid of, you know, net new business growth, um, but also expanding existing customer accounts. And that was, that was a great experience for me because I had not ever been on the side of, okay, now that they're a customer, how do we get a lot more, you know, in the weeds into their business and help them understand how they can grow with our product? How do we help them expand? And by the way, for the sellers out there, it's very lucrative to do that because if you can get in and you've already got someone on your platform initially, they're already paying you. It's it's in some ways easier to get them to continue to to pay uh, for your services and and your SaaS, but it's also uh, you know a great opportunity. You're going to have their attention, and if you can come in and really solve some of their most painful problems, you're going to be able to really grow that relationship. Not just from a revenue standpoint, but just from a a career standpoint. You you make you know very good friends with those buyers, those customers, and that opens up a lot of doors. Because once you've gone in and you realize you can sell a new deal or a new logo, and then you can take that new logo and you can work with them to uncover where their their biggest challenges are as a company and work on ways that you can solve uh, and be you know kind of embedded into their business, it's such a powerful thing. And I, I think you're, you're dead on when you say that the industry is really starting to finally realize it's been a long time, but we're finally realizing that there's just this immense value in being able to not just sell a lot of customers, but to retain those customers, to keep, uh, you know, long-term relationships, have lifetime value in that relationship. And it, it makes for a smoother and more predictable business. It makes life easier from everybody from the CEO down to, you know, your sales reps and your customer success reps. So uh, that's, I think that the customer led growth is definitely the model of the future. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad to, to hear your insights on that. Yeah. And then in addition to that, what's an ad for the sales team member, really doing this is also a great uh, pipeline building strategy because those referrals are going to come in from those customers. And yeah. also those reviews are going to come in from those customers, which is also important. Uh, if you look at the way that people buy uh, software products today, they go in and look at the reviews. It's not just relying on the advice of the sales team member anymore, but they really do their homework. Uh, and it's uh, I think it's a very good investment for you as a sales team member to ensure that they have a positive experience, not just during the buying process, but also post-sales. So let's take a minute. I want to talk about Overloop. Tell us uh, about the solution, where it sort of fits in the marketplace, what it does unique and different in the space. Uh, I want my listeners to learn all about the the tool. And I, I'll make an assumption here. I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I don't know if a lot of the, the US listeners right now have, have heard of Overloop. And I, I know you guys recently rebranded too. So 
maybe give us like a little bit of overview of the company, some history, and then speak to us a little bit about the tool itself and and where it fits into the sales tech space. Sure. Uh, I, the company has been around now for almost seven years. Uh, indeed, we went through our rebranding a couple of years ago, which was very, very important, not just for the name of the product, but also uh, changing the objectives and the problem that we wanted to solve. Uh, previously, it was named Prospect.io. It was a combination of both a CRM uh, for those companies that, that that wanted to get started with a very basic CRM and at the same time needed to have an outreach tool that would allow them to reach out to new prospects. Uh, Overloop is very different. Overloop is really a platform and it's all about sales engagement. Uh, we have really focused in the last two years on building features that meet the needs of the modern account executive and the modern sales development representative out there. And I think that um, we have invested a lot in building a platform that one is multi-channel that allows you to reach out to where your customers are at. We believe that email is still very relevant, right? We know that mm -hmm. email is, is an, a very, very important part of, uh, of outbound efforts out there. But at the same time, we realize that there are so many tools at our disposal today to be able to reach out to prospects that we should maximize on those. And that could be something as going back a little bit old school and, and, and do calling, which is still just as important as email, sure. or yeah. using uh, modern tools and social media like LinkedIn to be able to find uh, the right prospect and engage them. So we really see Overloop really filling that gap as the sales uh, engagement a platform out there that allows the account executive to come in, uh, log in in the morning and do all of their prospecting activities in one place, rather than you having to switch to 20 different windows and then having to update the CRM, which none of us finds as the best part of our job, right? Uh, right. Do everything in Overloop, do your full prospecting, build lists. And at the same time, as you are completing those activities, be able to sync those activities with your CRM. Uh, and, uh, and of course, logging out those in there for the benefit of your customer as well, uh, but also uh, to ensure that your performance has been tracked and that you can measure uh, the impact that those activities are having. And then I think that one of the, the, the biggest differentiators that we've been investing in Overloop and building for the last few months since I came over and joined the company is really being able to that, uh, being able to help those companies or those account executives that are doing outbound for the first time. I think that that's our, our main, our main uh, driver right now, which is we understand a lot of people have to switch from an inbound approach or an inbound only approach to now having to do a little bit of outreach. And um, we want to help them to understand how to build their first campaign. So therefore, uh, a lot of what we offer is based on a very simple UI that would allow you to build a multi-channel campaign uh, and allow you to identify your right audience uh, in a very easy way where you can start uh, your first campaign within 15 minutes. And then as you stay with us and you continue to use our product and you continue to log in every day, uh, where you can also reply to your prospects and engage them in a meaningful, meaningful conversation. And on top of that, I think our value added at, uh, uh, is here that we offer advice throughout your journey. So we offer you with the best tips out there and what's really trending and what's uh, going to get you on top of that inbox or what's going to get you to stand out on that LinkedIn inbox. Uh, and I think that that's a big differentiator for us. And, and that's, I think, our philosophy. We 
want to be more than a tool and we want to be a platform where sales team members come in, share best practices, learn from others, and at the same time can easily and with minimum effort implement uh, their outbound strategy to, to, to run on itself and just focus on building those relationships as we discussed at the beginning of, of the podcast today. So I got a lot of questions. Um, so so first I want to start with the, you said the, the advice and kind of the trends, are those built into Overloop's interface or do those come through another channel? How, as a seller, how do I get, you know, suggestions or recommendations on how to reach out to a prospect or what to say? Both of them. Um, okay. our, our campaign, our workflow builder has been built in a way where you're going to have a sidebar and receive advice on, on, on what's the step that should follow in that sequence, right? Uh, so we have built a product that really helps you to understand what are some of the activities that are going to be most effective on engaging your audience. And we, we, we recommend those. And then the second part, as I mentioned earlier today, uh, we really want to put the right people behind it. So we have uh, recruited a lot of talent that are outbound experts and we brought them in as our sales team members and our customer success team members. And one of the biggest differences between us and our competition is that we have a very solid onboarding uh, that is based on the product, uh, making it simple to understand, giving you a product knowledge uh, base where you can really go in and find answers to many of your questions, a very quick support that allows you to get a reply within five minutes. But at the same time, we complemented that with our customer success team. Uh, which from the time that you become a customer to the time that you're all set up and running your first campaigns is going to help you with templates and it's going to help you with advice and it's going to help you with the content of your campaigns. And I think that that's wow. key for someone that is just starting um, and that is looking to build an effective way to engage new new prospects. So um, it's a combination of both the product and people. That's so cool. So can you write and build sequences or, or automations within the, the platform? So if I wanted to set up a campaign that cold emails, maybe a list of my prospects that I met at a trade show, I could do that with Overloop? Absolutely. So you can use any kind of list uh, that you may have already. Uh, you can upload that as a contact list into Overloop. You can also use any kind of web service or database that you're currently using to prospect your customers. Uh, you can use LinkedIn and other websites as a source of, 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 of leads. And I think that that's extremely important. That would allow you to build your list, then segment them, uh, which I think is also very important. Uh, if it's a product that is addressing the needs of many industries, you may want to seg them, uh, segment per industry. So you ensure that you can offer a personalized and relevant message. You can also segment them by size. Uh, if the company size is more relevant for your product, then you can do that. And then once you complete that work uh, on the list, which is very easy to do with our filters and our uh, uh, our list building uh, features, then we allow you to automate uh, both the sequencing of the emails, the sequencing of the uh, activities or the engagement outside of email, like LinkedIn, like uh, we mentioned before. And then on top of that, also be able to automate your tasks, like being able to call mm -hmm. a prospect at a certain yeah. time during the sequence and registering those activities in your CRM so you don't miss anything, uh, I think it's also a big part. And then we cover everything that happens in the sales process from the time that you're prospecting to the time that that prospect is ready to become a deal. Then that's the time that we really hand it over to your CRM or your pipeline management system, and we let uh, the rest uh, happen in there. We're really that prospecting all-in-one tool that will allow you to automate 
keep track of your tasks. And then on top of that, being able to reply to the prospect messages. Uh, many of the replies that you're going to get in your campaigns are going to need a little bit of nurturing, right? It may not be that you get the appointment right there and then. So we also give you the tools to be able to nurture those uh, be an integration with Calendly, for example, where you can oh, immediately cool. send those team members, I'm sorry, those prospects, your your Calendly link and allow them to book an appointment or uh, things like reminding you that it's time to call that prospect uh, and that you should definitely follow up with a call. Uh, so all of that can be definitely automated mm -hmm. and then on top of that optimized because you will be able to track your progress and see what works, what doesn't work, experiment a little bit. And once you find... Uh, that flow that works for you continue to feed uh, leads to that. So it sounds like uh, it sounds like it's 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 got elements that that are similar to and I'm going to name off some of the kind of big gorillas in the the different spaces. Like it it's got some of the capabilities of Zoom Info or Discover. Or I think it, I don't remember if it's called Discover Org or Zoom Info now. I've used both. I think they merged a while back. But then it also has some of the elements of like a sales loft or an outreach but then it integrates with an existing CRM. So if I already use Salesforce or HubSpot or something like that, I could just integrate Overloop into the CRM. Is that all of that's fair statement so far? That That is perfect. And, yeah. and I think that Overloop leaves between those lead sources, right? Which could be, as we mentioned, Zoom Info, it can be LinkedIn, it can be any website of your uh, companies that may be interesting for you uh, as a sales team member um, and your CRM. There's a gap in between, right? And what's the gap? Normally, if you have to build a list on your CRM, if you have to engage your prospects on your CRM, you're going to have to have your email window open. You're going to have mm -hmm. to have your sales navigator open. You're going to yeah. have to have uh, your HubSpot or your Salesforce uh, next to it and update it manually, right? Of everything that you're doing on the yeah. site. So Overloop really closes the gap between your lead source and your CRM and automates the uh, input from your lead sources and the output to your CRM. Wow. And I, I can, as a rep, live within Overloop. That would be my primary, you know, pane of glass, if you will, or the single pane of glass that I'd have for my sales workflows would be, I can manage everything within the Overloop dashboard. So I don't have to be jumping around to 20 different tabs and have a bunch of screens open and manually update things over here and then write something over here. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem that I think we're solving. If you look at the trend um, and, and you see Salesforce, for example, publishing these reports year over year, where you see how much time does a sales team member actually spend selling, uh, that number keeps reducing. And why? Because we have focused so much on adding so many tools and adding so many steps to the process um, that now in the last report, which was 2022, you see that a sales team member only spends about 30% of the time actually selling. Wow. And, and, and that's, I think, a, a big problem. Uh, so we wanted to take care of that remaining 70% and empower team members to uh, self-source leads on their own in whatever sources they want to use. Uh, it could be the one that your company provides, or it could be your own uh, cr uh, creativity that gives you sources uh, for leads and then automate uh, that process that is very painful of prospecting and updating your CRM at the same time. Uh, you might've already mentioned this, but I want to just make sure I, it's clear. So what if what if my company has a lot of inbounds that come in, whether it's you know organic or we're paying for paid media in some way, is there a way to set up a task to remind me to reach out to someone right away who comes in inbound with interest in a demo or something? 
You can, you can definitely automate the inbound process into Overloop, engage them also via the campaigns that you may create. Uh, we see many customers, for example, that create outbound campaigns that are fully designed for prospects uh, that they are reaching out to, but at the same time, they create a separate sequence for those ones that came in inbound and where they want to nurture them uh, via email, via LinkedIn, via calls, or via scheduling a demo, for example, uh, they can do that. So we see some companies that 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 definitely would use Overloop for inbound. Um, however, we see that the big value for us is really on being able to complement your inbound pipeline. We know yeah. that many of you out there cannot survive in your inbound pipeline anymore, and we want to help uh, yeah. uh, solve that problem. We want to help you close that gap between your target and your inbound pipeline. And I think that uh, the main the main value that we offer is on that outbound outreach. However, yes, it's 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 flexible. The campaign the, the tool is flexible enough that will allow you to build campaigns for inbound as well. Wow. So uh, tell us a little bit about maybe some of the top integrations that that you see uh, in your customer base now. What are some of the the you know what's the, like top three tools that Overloop integrates in with in a you know seamless way yeah i think crms is a very 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 good topic to talk about because i was discussing this with the product team recently then that's a category that is really really consolidating on three major players uh we used to offer many integrations out there with different crms and 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 the list kept growing now we're seeing actually the opposite trend where really the CRMs are really consolidating in three for our industries. Many SaaS companies are our customers. So we see that definitely Salesforce, HubSpot, and Pipedrive are the top three integrations when it comes to CRM. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we continue to see a lot of growth in that. And then at the same time uh, in our marketplace, I think being able to um, offer... Uh, a, a real-time notification system to the sales team member that is doing demos and in the middle trying to prospect uh, via Slack or other communication tools that are very similar, like Microsoft Teams as well. Some companies adopting uh, Teams more and more uh, are definitely also important. So uh, after CRMs, uh, which I mentioned the top three, then uh, Slack and Microsoft Teams are, are, are some of the ones that we see. And then also... Uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, is um, uh, demo booking and appointment booking uh, tools that simplify the ability for your prospect to book a meeting with you. Uh, definitely are on, are on our top ones. Calendly definitely been very popular for Overloop. Yeah. And um, I think that more and more, we tend to see also integrations with, 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 with other tools like uh, being able to build a landing page. Uh, we offered some integrations uh, with some uh, main providers. And um, and I think that that we'll see that integrations in the outbound efforts will become just more and more relevant as you see that outbound gains importance and relevance in in the sales process. Yeah. What are so speak to us a little bit about sort of the growth plan for the company now that uh, I know you recently assumed the role of CEO, and uh, I know there's lots of talk about expanding the business and and you know moving into new countries and and it sounds like there's some new product lines and features and things like that that are on the roadmap. Tell us a little bit about you know maybe a sneak peek of the roadmap and uh, what the the growth plan looks like for the rest of this year. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, for us, really, the focus for the next uh, three to six months is, is in two things. We want to 
develop integrations. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, an important topic for us because again, we see Outbound taking a, a central stage uh, in uh, in the sales processes. So very important that we're part of the tool stack. Um, and calling remains uh, uh, an important part of the process. So we want to simplify uh, the way that uh, sales team members do outbound calling. I cannot give a lot of details out there because definitely this is going to be a competitive advantage for us. <laughs> but uh, cool. you can expect that we will be simplifying the way that you do outbound calling today and, and making it easier for you to focus on the content of your calls rather on making the call. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and and then on top of that, we want to make sure that we give you accurate data. Uh, we want to make sure that the first time that you're trying to get the whole of a prospect, you have the right email and the right phone number. And uh, we're going to be investing a lot on that uh, while ensuring that everything that we do in the background, we're a European company and this is priority for us, being compliant yeah. with privacy laws, right? Uh, so being compliant with GDPR here in Europe, and more and more state laws that are being implemented in the U.S. I think are important. So keeping privacy at the center of uh, privacy uh, laws and compliance at everything at the center of everything that we do is important. So a lot of our roadmap will be towards accuracy and privacy, um, and um, and calling. And then when it comes to our strategy for growth, we're focusing a lot specifically into markets, uh, the U.S. Uh, it's very important. Uh, more than 60% of our customers currently are based in the U.S. We want to continue to develop the market there. Europe is a very important market for us, especially because we were local players. And for us, that's an advantage here. Yeah. Uh, the U.K. continues to be a very important market for us. Uh, but LATAM is indeed in, in our expansion yeah. uh, plans there. We see more and more lead generation agencies uh, coming out there. And agencies as a partner for us is a very important uh, part of our growth. And I think for many products too, finding those service providers out there that can benefit from your tool and then can pass on that benefit to their customers is a great way to work. So we started our partner program not too long ago, mainly focused on a, uh, lead generations and, and digital marketing agencies out there. Uh, so when it comes to go to market, I would say that retention and uh, the partner program are definitely at the center of, of what we want to do. Uh, and combine that, of course, with, with uh, innovating on the product and a little bit of AI. This is, of course, a big, big topic out there. Everyone oh, is yeah. doing it, right? Uh, yeah. We don't want to fall behind the trend, but we also just don't want to offer an integration with, with one of the players out there. And that's it. We want to yeah. go above and beyond and really innovate on that and, and make sure that it's the right thing for our customers. So we're taking a little bit of time to to really think about how AI can benefit our our customers and implement that in our product. So one of the reasons that that I got back in touch with you and that I'm really glad that we're you know we're, we're doing this this episode and we're we're you know having some some back and forth dialogue is I think your approach to to growth is indicative of where the industry is heading. Uh, you know, you're mentioning that a lot of this is going to come, you know, a lot of your growth in the next six, 12 months and beyond is going to come from partnerships. It's going to come from uh, media. I think your approach to roadmap uh, and specifically, I like the the privacy and, and data, uh, you know, the data privacy elements to the platform. 
And I'm thinking, you know, I was thinking that is the fact that you're a European company, that there's some advantages there um, because you kind of have to build the product out of the gates and, and develop, continue to develop the product out of the gates with that in mind. Whereas, uh, and I won't name any names, there's some tools here in the US that are probably ticking time bombs where as new legislation and things like that happens in in data privacy and and you know what kind of data can be shared and and what it means to email somebody whether that's a cold email or even a warm email uh, i do think there's a lot changing on that front so i think that your approach uh to you know scaling the product and the 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 privacy of the product as well as the channels that you're going about growing it is super innovative and uh I'm so glad that you're you're sharing this because I think there's a lot of people out there that can benefit from a shift in the mindset in how how to think about you know developing a roadmap or how to think about growing a pipeline. And I think you're thinking about it exactly the right way. And and from my perspective, you're you're looking around the corner and you're seeing what's to come in the in the industry, not just you know on the things I, I just mentioned, but also this kind of customer led growth. How do we listen to our customers? How do we understand them very well? Uh, down to the the rep level, it sounds like your team has really gone down to that rep level and said, hey, people are only spending 30% of their time selling. How do we change that? Because that's what we're hired for is to actually do the selling, not to update CRMs, not to uh, run queries within a system. We shouldn't be spending 70% of our day querying systems and doing manual data entry. We should be on the phone with our prospects with quality content and a quality, you know, value oriented message. So I'm just super excited that we got reconnected. Uh, Rafa, how, how can my listeners get in touch with you and how can they learn more about Overloop? Yeah, I think that uh, we, we a couple of things here. One is we definitely uh, would invite everyone out there to try out our product. We offer a 14-day uh, free trial. So take advantage of that and take advantage of the link at the description of the podcast uh, that will uh, link you right into being able to create a trial out there and uh, experience Overloop uh, on your own. And of course, if you have any feedback, don't hesitate to reach out. And please, please connect with me. I think that that's important. Uh, I discussed at the beginning that I'm still learning. I'm not an outbound expert. I want to listen to outbound experts out there. And I'm sure that we have many in your audience. So if you want to jump into a quick call and exchange some best practices out there and what you're seeing and what's working and not working, please add me on LinkedIn, uh, Rafael Figueroa on LinkedIn. I will be more than happy to connect and have a quick chat with any of you. Uh, and of course, uh, I, again, the invitation to really try Overloop out. If we can help make your job easier and better, that's what we're here for. Fantastic. I'm going to put a link to the 14-day the trial in the show notes, as Rafa mentioned. Rafa, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and helping us learn a little bit more about Overloop. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, it was a very, very nice chat. And uh, uh, best of luck uh, to all of your listeners in, your, in their daily and uh, outbound efforts out there. Um, and uh, best of luck in, for the second quarter of the year. 